So we are in a new series called An Unhurried Life. And what we're going to be talking about is trying to follow Jesus's rhythms of work and rest. And so as we go through this book, um, I won't be preaching on the book. I'll be preaching the themes of the uh, chapters that we're going to be going over in our small groups. Um, but this week, we're going to be talking about the presence of Jesus. The presence of Jesus. Um, so Lisa and I have been dating uh, since we were, I think, 16 and a half, uh, maybe 17. And we've always worked. We've had a side hustle going, like always. We always had something going on, some job, something, you know, whatever it was that we could make money. Our parents, both of our parents, uh, were, were not um, wealthy by any, well, yeah, we just, yeah, we just came from households that needed help, okay? So, so we worked, and so one of the jobs we got um, we lived, I lived in Pasadena, uh, Lisa lived in kind of like by Monrovia, and uh, the Rose Parade would come every year, and that was a source of income. So you could make money by setting up like the uh, stands on the side of the, of the parade route. You could make money cleaning up afterwards. Uh, you could make money by uh, doing all sorts of different things. <laughs> so one of the ways you could make money was by selling film. Okay, so for those of you who are under the age of 30, film was like a little cartridge that you'd put into uh, what we called a camera, okay? It wasn't on your phone, I know, it's whatever. And so you'd put, the, you'd put it in the camera, and then you'd, you could get either 24 or 36 pictures, that was it, then you had to put in a new cartridge. And you'd take the cartridge to a camera store. So there was a store that actually had cameras in it, and um, in two weeks, they'd develop your film. So you never knew what picture it was. So like if you're like taking one of your pictures, I think I, this is the way you do it. You, knee goes forward, hand goes down, right? Is that right? Did I do that right? Was I correct? Yeah. So you take the picture, right? And then typically, like what you do now is you're just like, let me see that. Let me see that. Okay, take it again. And so then you'd like maybe rock your hip back a little bit. Okay, and then you take the, take the picture. And so, so you didn't get that. You didn't get that back in the day, right? When, when, when it was, and so you'd, you'd take the picture and you had to wait three weeks. And then you'd look at it and you'd be like, oh man, I should have had my hip I, my hand, I didn't, I don't know how you put the hands, but for those of you watching online, you're missing most of this, but uh, at least the best half, right? Uh, and so you, you'd, you'd, you'd go through this stuff. And so like nowadays, you just take pictures. Like who cares? You could take a hundred of them. You, could take, you didn't have selfies back then. Uh, actually, if you turn the camera towards you and took a picture, you'd probably get arrested. I don't know. It was just, that was just be odd. And so now you take pictures of yourself. That's just kind of the thing you do. And then I saw somebody online, they took a picture of themselves and then they put like a dog nose and like ears on the picture. I don't know that, I guess that's a thing now. So you didn't do that. You didn't get your picture and like, oh man, this would be awesome. And you just like draw little ears. You didn't, you didn't do that. So it was just a little bit different. So we sold, the thing you do not want to happen is on vacation at the Rose Bowl parade, whatever, run out of film. 
So Lisa and I got this little side hustle going from Fuji Film. And um, we had a tray that went over our shoulders and it had film in it. And we had a hat with a giant box of film on it. And it said Fuji, okay? And so we walked along the parade route selling film. And so the first year we did pretty good. And uh, then, then the next year I realized it took too long for me to go up the, into the stands to sell film. So I came up with this idea. This is my little friend. Say hello to my little friend. Um, and so uh, what you would do is someone say, I need some film, you know, 36 or 24 or whatever, you know, and they 200 speed or whatever, and you'd reach into your thing, and I, I'd just toss it, right? And then it became kind of a game, and so everyone's like, yay, like all the stands would be sick. Once the person caught it, everyone would cheer. And then I said, put the money in the little guy. And so I throw the tennis ball, everyone would cheer, they put money in it, they throw it back, and I'd say, do you want any change? And they're like shamed into saying no. Because everyone in the stands like, no change, no change, right? So it was, it was awesome. So totally working the system. And then the other thing was, so you had your tray and you had like all your stock that you were excited about. And then there was these two boxes of like Super 8 film. Like even back in the day, that was archaic. And, but you got your greatest commission on those because they were older. So I'm just like super eight, man. So what I would do is I get your film here, super eight. I, that's all I'd say, super eight, super eight. And someone's like, oh man, he's got super eight. And so I, so I was selling out of my super eight. I'm throwing tennis balls. I'm throwing film. I'm like, just, I'm working it. I'm just like, this is awesome. So all of a sudden I look around and I don't see Lisa. We were doing this art together. She was on one side of the street. I was on the other side of the street. And I looked around, and she was gone. Now, keep in mind, it's, she's pretty easy to spot. She's, she's gorgeous, and she has a Fuji box on her head, okay? So it's like there's only really one person on the planet like that at, at the time. Now they're all over the place. But um, so, so I'm just like, oh, I, I wasn't worried. You know, I was just like, oh, everything will be fine. A minute goes by, two minutes go by. And I'm just like, you have to understand, there was no cell phones back then, right? There's no way to contact her. And I'm like, she's gone. And all of a sudden, my whole life came about, where's Lisa? Where's Lisa? I got to find Lisa. I didn't care about the tennis ball. I didn't care about Fuji film. People are like, hey, Super 8. I'm like, shut up. You know, just like, I don't care. I don't, I don't want your money. I don't want to give you film. I don't want anything. I have to find Lisa. It just puts everything into perspective. And so we finally find each other. The same thing had happened to her at the same time. And I'm like, we should get married someday and have babies. Because um, <laughs> Father's Day's coming up. And so, um, and so uh, we find each other. And it was like, hey, let's, let's just stay together. Let's not worry about selling out of all our film. Because we had already decided no matter what we sold, we were going to split it anyway. So like we were going to put whatever she sold, whatever I sold, and then we were just going to split it. And it was just going to be us a way to make money and to, and to be together. 
And, uh, and so we got together and just the look, because I had already gone over this with her this week. I'm like, is this how you remember it? And she's like, yes. And you looked really good in that Fuji film. I'm like, well, you know, that's, that's just what happens, you know. It's, what, you can't, I make everything look good, even tennis balls, you know, but whatever. So, so, uh, so we get together and it's like the whole rest of the day, it's just like, I'm with, I'm with Lisa. Here's my hope for us in this next six weeks. That in everything we get into, whether it be work, our family, social unrest, a pandemic, what have you, our first question is, where's Jesus? Where's Jesus? Like, what, what, like, like I, I enter this situation, where's Jesus? Because if he's not right here, guess who's not in the right spot? <laughs> it ain't Jesus, Okay. It's not Jesus. So if I fall behind Jesus or I go ahead of Jesus, I'm going to run into issues. So my prayer as we go through this book, as we go through these sermons that uh, uh, we'll be preaching, um, the number one question is where is Jesus? So what I want to talk about this morning um, is uh, patience. (laughs) You're like, oh, shoot, should have stayed home. Uh, Yeah, for those, like, if you're watching on Facebook Live, it's like, you know, 63 watching, 40 watching, right? Okay, so we're going to be talking about, we're going to be talking about patience. Because patience is one of these things that is an indicator of whether or not you're walking right next to Jesus or not. So what the Bible calls these things, like, like an indication, like if all of a sudden I, I find myself lacking patience, it's an indication that I need to ask myself, where's Jesus? Where, 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 where is he? Where, is he next to me? Is he in front of me? Is he behind me? Where's Jesus? And there's a whole bunch of indicators. And uh, Paul, the Apostle Paul wrote a list of them, and we call them the fruit of the Spirit. They're just indicators. It's like, it's like if you went to a, saw a fruit tree, you'd look and you'd say, you know, there's avocados. Well, that, guess what kind of tree it is, right? So here's the fruit of the Spirit. It's love and joy and peace, patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. And the Bible even goes further and says, against those things, you're not going to come up with much of an argument, essentially. Against such things, there is no law. There's nothing that's going to, that's going to, there's really no, no other type of fruit that you'd want to see in your life. So I looked up the definition of patience on Webster's dictionary online. The quality of being patient. I don't know if you're allowed to make patient in your definition of patience, but I guess you're allowed to because he, he's like the king or whatever. Uh, as, bearing, uh, as the bearing of provocation, this is so bad. This is a, you're, uh, you guys are going to be depressed. Annoyance, ooh, misfortune or pain without complaint. Okay, I'm just going to keep it 100 right now. I'm horrible at this. I'm terrible at this. Just today, uh, just this week, twice, I had to ask myself, where's Jesus? One was, I was going to dinner with Lisa, 
because we were actually going to a restaurant. And I hate being late. I actually show up to places 10 minutes early and I pull out my laptop and work. I, I cannot stand being late. And so we were going to meet at 6.15 and it was 6.14 and a half. And, uh, and so I was trying to get into a parking space and this person uh, was backing out like this. And I'm, yeah, exactly. That's exactly how I felt. And so uh, I was like going, you know, you can turn the wheel at the same time you're backing out. It's more efficient because now you're like ready to go. And so I'm in this conversation with myself. Okay, you know, you know, come on, let's go. Gas on the right, brake on the left. Like, just come on, let's go. And so I found myself getting really frustrated because I was going to be a half minute late. Mind you, Lisa wasn't even there yet. Uh, she's always on time, by the way, so that was weird. Um, but uh, so, so finally I get into my place, and I'm thinking to myself, like, I got annoyed by that? Was that a misfortune? And then without complaint, loss of temper, oh, they put in irritation. Doggone it. I hate patience. An ability or willingness to suppress restlessness. I'm ADD anyway, or annoyance when confronted with delay. Quiet, steady perseverance, even-tempered care, diligence. That is patience. So I took all those, and I took the Bible, and I made my own definition of patience. And it's John getting what he wants. No, here it is. Experiencing the contentment of Christ's presence in the midst of circumstances that are beyond our control. To me, as I kind of wrestled over what it was for patience, it would be that. Experiencing the contentment of Christ's presence. Where's Jesus in the midst of circumstances that are beyond our control? I'm going to let you in a little secret. It's a pro tip, pastor pro tip. Every one of these is beyond our control. <laughs> There's no circumstance that's under, under your control or my control. So let's get into the Bible and uh, figure out how the Bible can help us figure this out. So Galatians talks about the fruit of the Spirit. And you think, man, how do I get this love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness? How do I get all this stuff? Well, the very next verse says this. Since we live by the Spirit... Let us keep in step. Where's Jesus? Where's Jesus? Is he ahead of me? Is he behind me? Is he next to me? The Bible, well, actually Jesus himself talks about this idea of getting under the yoke. Under the yoke. There's two, in a yoke, there's two oxen. And you get under the yoke and guess who the other oxen is next to you. It's Jesus. Where's Jesus? So we need to keep in step with the Spirit. So what I want to do uh, for the next few minutes that we have is to talk about um, uh, a letter that Paul wrote. Now you have to understand Paul. Paul is a grinder. Paul is a dude who gets stuff done. Paul is on the move. Paul planted churches. He raised up pastors. He, he ha raised up leaders. He planted churches all over the Mediterranean. He, he was on ships and just moving around and talking to the Lord and getting stuff done. Paul was a grinder. 
Um, Paul was a, he was educated and he was a hard worker. Not only was he planning churches, he had a, a job at the same time um, making tents. Like he, he was, he was, he was amazing. And so he ends up in prison. So you can imagine a guy or a gal who is just going. Like, it's like a woman who runs a, 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 a company, right? And then all of a sudden, it's like you have to just like sit. And so Paul's in prison trying to, like, I don't know how he did it because I, I couldn't sit still. So here's what happens. The Philippian church, the church in Philippi, sends him a gift, a monetary gift. And he says, I, great, uh, I, re I rejoice greatly in the Lord at, at, that at last uh, you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned but had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this. Okay, this is amazing. Read your Bible. Because I am in need. You're in jail. Like, okay, if I wrote Philippians, uh, I would be like, hey, thanks for the gift. Get me out of here, okay? Like, post bail, do something, get, hire a lawyer, right? I mean, I'd just be like, my number one goal would be to get out of jail, okay? Like Monopoly, you get a card or something, I don't know. I'm not saying this because I'm in need, this is an incredible statement. For I have learned. Now, <laughs> what does this tell you? What this tells you is whatever's going to come next doesn't happen in a miraculous Holy Spirit moment. What this tells you of what comes next, it's not something that just you can pray into your life, that you can uh, just make happen, that you can wake up and decide. I didn't wake up this morning and decide I would like to know Spanish, okay? I didn't pray, Lord, give me the miraculous gift of speaking Spanish. I have to learn Spanish, and it's painstaking, and I'm terrible at it, but I did graduate to the second grade, by the way, just uh, from Cypress College. So I'm in the second grade. I'm a second grade Spanish speaker. Um, I can't hear it. I, 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 people have to talk uh, very slow. And so, uh, but this is, isn't this true in your own life? Anything important in your life you have to learn? You have to learn how to eat right. You have to learn how to exercise. You have to learn how to organize your life. You have to learn how to manage your finances. You have to learn how to drive. Most of you need to continue. Um, right? I've learned. This is a process. Now, what he learned is hard. I have learned to be content. To be content. There's a pandemic. To be content. Social unrest. To be content. Now, now, hear me. To be content doesn't mean to be silent and let things just go on, especially if there's social injustice. You're not content with the status quo. This isn't what Paul is talking about. What Paul is talking about is personal 
patience, and contentment. What is the goal? Why am I here on this planet? Am I here to sell film and make as much money as I can? Or am I here to be in the presence of the person that I'm supposed to be with? And that is Jesus. We have to learn it. It doesn't just come. I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. Let me ask you a question, because I was asking myself this week, because I knew what I was going to be preaching on. What else could you ever want in life, really? Right, like, isn't, isn't life, like our goals and all the things we're trying to do, isn't that to, like, earn a contentment? Like, if I could only get to retirement, then I could be, ah, oh, I could let it all rest. Or, or, you know, maybe you're single and you want to get married and it's like, oh, once I have my life partner, then I'll be content. <laughs> right? Uh, once we have kids, then you'll be, no, once you have kids, you'll be thinking about your kids like every second of the day. Right? Trust me, it's Father's Day and I'm an amazing father. Um, <laughs> And so it's like I've, I've learned to be content in whatever circumstance he goes on. I know what it is to be in need and not be a victim. I know what it is to have plenty and not be addicted to privilege. Right? So you get to this place where it doesn't matter what the circumstances are. Where's Jesus? If he's next to me, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for thou art with me. His name's not Arch, by the way. Okay. Then he says this. This is so cool. So there's this word he's about to use, and it's not found in the Bible anywhere else but, but here. And uh, it comes from this cult um, that uh, this one goddess had a daughter, and Hades took the daughter, these, these gods, Hades took the daughter uh, and, and brought her to the underworld. And so the goddess, who is the goddess of agriculture, Demeter, uh, uh, she was the goddess of agriculture. She just stopped all the rain. And Oh, this isn't true, by the way. I just want to make sure that we're, you know I'm not Okay, so this was, this was the cult, and it was started about 1500 B.C., and so uh, they, and it had all these offshoots, and so Zeus had to go down into Hades and rescue the daughter and all, all this stuff. And so uh, the whole cult is about manipulating the gods. And Paul takes, he snatches this phrase that they would use, and he says, the God has manipulated me. This cult was a secret society. So it's kind of weird. We're free Methodists. One of our freedoms is a freedom against uh, secret societies, which you don't, we don't really have them anymore, but that's kind of how we, that everything's out in the open, right? Well, there was a secret society, and Paul reaches in and grabs one of their phrases. And here's what he says. I've learned the secret of being content in every in all circumstances. It starts with the question, where's Jesus? Where's Jesus in my finances? Where's Jesus in my marriage? Where's Jesus in my relationships? Where's Jesus in my hobbies? Where's Jesus in my work? Where's Jesus in my, my neighborhood? Where's Jesus? 
That is the beginning of the secret of contentment because wherever Jesus is, there's peace. As a matter of fact, the Bible calls him the Prince of Peace. When Jesus rules in your life, when the Prince of Peace rules in your life, guess what you have? Peace. I don't know why I keep grabbing this thing, but I just, I'm so fidgety, I just love playing with it. I'm going to keep this. This isn't the original one, by the way. I had to make that this morning. I have learned the secret of being content in every situation. Come on, Paul. Every situation. Okay, Paul, what about this? You're going out to dinner with your wife, and you're half a minute late, and this person is backing out, and they're taking a really long time. What about that? Yes, that situation. I had it done to me, by the way, just yesterday. I had turned off of Chapman. I was going on Bixby. And I look in my rearview mirror, and there's like a windshield in my rearview mirror. Like, the person was literally, I think he was drafting. I don't know what he was doing, but he was like right on me. And I'm like, what is your problem? And I turn on Bixby. I'm like, the nerve of that guy. And I, I, maybe it wasn't Jesus. It sounded like Jesus. He's like, that's you. That's you. You're just like, you, everything's got to be like full throttle. And I'm like, that couldn't have been Jesus. <laughs> Jesus is full with grace and mercy. He doesn't do things like that. So anyway, I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, whether being shackled to a guard in jail. Here's what he, here's what he says. I can do all of this. Oh my goodness, he's about to tell us a secret. He's gonna tell us a secret. He's learned the secret. Jesus, uh, uh, Paul has learned the secret. He can do all of it. How? What's the secret, Jesus, uh, Paul? What's the secret? Through him who gives me strength. He's got to be right next to you. Where is Jesus? Where is Jesus? As we enter into a situation that feels uncomfortable, a situation that we don't like, the first question we ask which puts everything into perspective. We're not selling film anymore. Where is Jesus? So, here's the first part is the question, where is Jesus? The second part is a statement. As we enter any situation, any situation, this is a statement we say, I can. I can. When, when uh, we were going through our issues with our son and his seizures, People would tell me all the time, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Well, no, you can't do anything that you make up in your mind. Oh, my kid's having seizures. Well, yeah, God doesn't work in hypothetical situations, but he works in real situations. He works in real situations. Oh, I, well, I don't know what I'd do if, if my, you know, one of my kids passed or my wife passed or my husband passed or whatever. Like, yeah, God's not going to give you grace and peace through your hypothetical. But in reality, you can. You totally can. You can through him. Probably not on your own. 
I, 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 I don't know what I would do on my own. I, 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 because I, you know, I have seasons of my life where I struggle with anxiety. That's probably what I'd do. I'd just go to my go-to, just be anxious about it. Which is super effective, by the way. I just want to let you know. None of the things I was anxious about actually happened. So it's really effective. Uh, I can through him. Where's Jesus? And so when we encounter these things, and as we go through the next few weeks together, as we start to think about an unhurried life, because oftentimes what my hurriedness is, it's to accomplish something I think must be accomplished or else disaster is going to strike. I have to get this done. I have to get that done. The church, the, my family, every, they need all this stuff. And an unhurried life is to slow down and go, where's Jesus? Oh, he's right here. Okay, sweet. Why don't you just take one step forward and I'll just go like, I'll just follow you wherever you're going. So the first question we ask ourselves is, where's Jesus? The second question is, if he's there next to you, and you're in a situation is to say, I can. I can through him. He's here. If he's not there, you're most likely on your own. That's not a good place to be. I can through him. As the worship band comes back up, they're going to lead us in a final song. Um, I just want to share one last verse. That is why, for Christ's sake... Oh, man, this is so hard. Again, it's Paul again. We should just take his stuff out of the Bible. Um, (laughs) I was just joking about that, by the way. Okay. I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Because I'm asking myself the question, where's Jesus? And I'm repeating the statement, I can. I can through him. I will experience Jesus in a different way as I enter these different situations. Let me pray for us. And uh, We take this time of reflection usually with a final song. And then I'll come back up and I'll lead us in a blessing. But the idea behind this is to have a song where we get to reflect on some of the things. And maybe, maybe what you want to reflect on this morning is just ask that question, where, where are you, Lord? Am I too far ahead? Am I too far behind? Why is there this restlessness? Why am I not content in every and all situations? And not even the difficult ones, just little things. Like somebody pulling out of a parking lot. Like, what, 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 what's going on that, I, that I'm still struggling with that level of maturity? Where, where are you? Maybe that's what you want to ask the Lord during this time. Maybe it's time to just say, I can, through him. Like, Lord, let's do this. Let's go. Let's punch it in the face. Let's get it, let's get it done. I trust you. I'm in this situation. Let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, Just thankful that you're there for us. Thankful that um, you watch over us. God, this idea of patience and contentment is hard, especially in our culture where we just get so 
upset about everything and we're so worried about everything. We have information on everything that's going on in the entire world all at our uh, a few clicks away. And there's nothing we can do about most of it. So Lord, I just pray that we would continue to ask ourselves the question, where is Jesus? Where are you? And that we would have ears to hear the answer. In your name, amen. Now, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I pray that you would go in his peace, and his grace, and his love. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Have a great week. We'll see you next week.